0: Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. In the news, are the end times upon us now? Should we grow our own food starting now? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Hi everybody. Thanks for tuning in again today. I'm Albert Hardy. That's the handle my parents gave me, and I can't do anything about it, so... I hope you're interested in prophecy. I want to talk to you today about the word pestilence or the word pestilences. Matthew 24, Jesus left the temple. This is starting in verse 1. We're heading toward, oh, verse 9. Left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings. Do you see all these things, Jesus asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left atop another. Every one of them shall be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will it happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out. That no one deceives you, for many shall come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most Will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be safe. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And I went on down to verse 12 and finished there. Keep in mind, this is the NIV, and I want to see what it says in the King James. Jesus, after all, is the greatest prophet who ever lived. Now, some say, like uh, Joel Richardson, said that Jesus himself uh, actually studied prophecy. And I never really thought of that before. Did Jesus study what he inspired? He inspired that. He is the God of the Old Testament. So how could it be that he would study his own writings or his own uh, inspirations? Well, think about it, and this is what I think God is trying to tell me. Think about it, Albert. You have written eight books, and they're all about prophecy mostly. The Life of Christ, it's about heaven and hell, It's about evolution and stuff like that. All kinds of stuff. It's available on the website, itellwhy.com. But yet I study those writings as well. They're my own writings. Now, I didn't inspire them, quote-unquote. I just basically did a Bible study about each thing. And I hope you can do that too. You can go to the website and read them for free. I don't have a thing to sell on my website. I've got videos there and audiobooks. Well, actually one audiobook. But that's the one with the Life of Christ and has 30 episodes to it. And each one of them is 30 minutes long. So I hope you can get a lot of benefit out of that. You can also print any of the PDFs there for any of my books. I hope you do. And I hope you study them. Not because I'm great or anything of the kind. I'm nobody. But I just think that it's not being said in church. And it needs to be said. The stuff about prophecy. Here's the way he puts it. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew 24, verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. All these are but the beginning of sorrows. There must be a corollary in Luke 21. I'm going to go there next. Luke 21. Naturally, they don't quote verse for verse. But starting in verse 7, chapter 21 of Luke. And they asked him, saying, Master... But when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign that these things are going to come to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draws near. Go you not out after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, don't be terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in different places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all of that, they shall lay hands on you and persecute you, and deliver you up to the synagogues and into prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake and it shall turn to you for a testimony settle it therefore in your minds your hearts not to meditate beforehand what you will answer for i will give for i will give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist Unquote. Well, what exactly would a pestilence look like? What would it be? Let's go to Revelation 6.12 for a second. Revelation 6.12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and see, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black, as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs, the not ripe ones, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who will be able to stand that sounds pretty horrific and scary to me there's a lot of things that are going on on the earth right now. Do you know that cancer and heart disease, diabetes, strokes, and other chronic diseases are escalating like nobody would have believed? Do you know that over 51% of the population of the U.S., the, the United States of America, is obese? Whoa. Do you not think that's a pestilence? Do you not think that's trouble? Well, it is. And to have a stroke is devastating, let me tell you. My wife had one when she was only 48 years old. And it blinded her, and it paralyzed her, and she was in a coma for six weeks, actually 16 weeks, If you count everything, she gradually began to come out of her stroke about, oh, maybe a half a second or two a day. She'd blink her eyes. Yay, she's alive in there. Otherwise, she was flat out just laying there, zonked, completely out. She had no memory. She couldn't even speak. She did not know who she was she should, she did not know who I was and the next 15 years she has gone through hell every day in agony in pain so severe that she cries this is awful and dreadful to have to go through for her and for me too because I have to be her caregiver we met on the phone at age 16 and 18 and uh well anyway long story short we've been together for 47 years now by the grace of god we had three children together two boys and a girl now we have two grandchildren that we love but it's a time of trouble in verse 8 of chapter 6, Revelation. He says, I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was called Death and hell followed him. And power was given to them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Unquote. Hunger, death, You know, it's not just hunger. It's also death. And it's a problem because an early death through a stroke or a heart attack or cancer or diabetes is no fun at all. I go to the nursing home almost every day to see Brenda. She's been out of my house now for Oh, let's see, it's going to be 15 years pretty soon. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I miss her. I have to do the cooking and the cleaning and everything else and then go tend her on top of my full-time and part-time job. So let me tell you, it can really be a torture. Now, why do I say this? Why am I talking about it? Well, it was prophesied, not about me and her specifically, but in general for the people of the planet. This is beginning of a time of trouble that has never, ever happened on the earth and never will be repeated. So this is part of the uh, the pestilence, if you ask me. I'm going to pick out the word pestilence in a few chapters throughout the Bible. Exodus five three, lest he fall upon us with pestilence, that must be referring to God. In Leviticus 26.25, I will send the pestilence among you. In Numbers 14.12, I will smite them with the pestilence. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 25, shall make the pestilence cleave unto you. Now, why would God put pestilence on people if not to turn them back to him? And then in 2 Samuel 24:13, be three days pestilence in your land. This is when he was talking to David after um, he had counted the people. And displeased the Lord by doing that. In the land of famine, if there be pestilence, 1 Kings 8.37, the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence, 1 Chronicles 21.12. 2 Chronicles 6.28, dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, and then 7.13 in Second Chronicles. Or if I send pestilence among my people. And let's see, here's one in Psalms. But gave their life over to the pestilence. Psalm 78.50. And if you have a Strong's Concordance, this is on page 817. And you can see these and look them up. But uh, it's quite a Bible study, really. And they shall die of a great pestilence, Jeremiah 21, 6. And Jeremiah has the bulk of these. And uh, he repeats over and over again, sword by the famine and by the pestilence. That phrase, sword by the famine and by the pestilence. And this is found in uh, chapter 38, 2, 42, t- uh, 17, 42, 22, and 44, 13. Then in Ezekiel, I'll just pick one here, is far off shall die of the pestilence. The sword is outside and the pestilence, Ezekiel seven, fifteen. And then we'll drop down two more. Um, Amos four ten, the pestilence after the manner of Egypt, and Habakkuk three verse five. Before him went the pestilence, and burning. Wow. And then of course the pestilence says in Matthew twenty four seven and Luke twenty one eleven. That's a pretty scary idea. But my mother died of cancer. My dad died of heart disease. Brenda's mother died of cancer at age 52. Now Brenda's 64. And her dad went through an open heart bypass operation. I think he was about 60 when that happened. But he lived to be 87 or 88. So that's doing pretty good. And my grandfather had a heart attack at 55. So it, you know, they tell you that, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with diet. It has everything to do with genetics. And I'm here to say, I don't believe that. You were born with genes that dictate what color hair you have, that dictate the color of eyes you have, etc. Your body um, makeup, your organs, and such. But there are other types of genes that actually act more like committees than dictators, and some of those can actually turn into cancer or something else. But we can turn those genes on and off like a light depending on our diet. At least that's what um, people like Dr. Michael Greger, uh, Dean Ornish, Dr. Neil Barnard, and Dr. John McDougall, uh, Dr. Michael Clapper, and you can go to, the, uh, go to YouTube and watch their videos. And you can go to Netflix and watch Eating You Alive or What the Health and other movies about food and dieting and such, like Cowspiracy. I recommend that you do watch them, at least with an open mind, don't believe everything, maybe, that you hear, but um, it's an education, truly. It really is something that everybody ought to watch. And then there's a book out, which I would heartily recommend, How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. If you want to avoid any of our, our American standard American diet diseases, heart attacks, stroke, clogged arteries, high blood pressure, obesity, cancer. I recommend that you do as I did and that's become a complete vegan. And I grow some of my own food. I grow organically and I try to eat something raw or fresh or picked out of my garden every single day your health will improve drastically. At least I have found that. And, you know, I went through my own heart issues two years ago. And that's what cued me into becoming a vegan. Because of all of the pesticides, not pestilences, but pesticides, and I believe pesticides can cause pestilences like cancer, Uh, that is contained in the meat. How is it possible that when the cigarette industry went down and down and down, still alive, by the way, but it's much less than it used to be, lung cancer is down as well. But what did they do? Sensing they were about to lose their jobs, lose their business, They bought up these uh, companies, big food. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, they're using the same tactics on us, casting doubt on everything healthy. And they, you know, the doctors tell us that too. I talked to one surgeon who was going to do Brenda's carotid artery surgery. And he said, it doesn't matter what you eat. It has nothing to do with that. It's all genetic. You can't help it. Well, baloney. Not true. You can help it. So I strongly suggest you look into these things. Before you go through what I went through, and boy, I'll tell you, I do not want to spend another day in the hospital. I was in there, let's see, it's a total of about uh, a month off and on, and they thought it was psychological, so I volunteered to go down to Lake Placid to the uh, the psych ward, and boy, they starve a person in there, and you're in there with a bunch of people that have actually lost their minds, and they're dangerous, you're behind a lockup. That's no fun at all, although I did have a nice picture window, and I could—I spent five days laying on my bed just looking out the window. It was kind of fun, actually, a nice little vacation. But the food was awful, <laughs> absolutely absurd. And then Orlando, uh, Florida Hospital Orlando, and then Highlands Regional here in town, and um, the Florida Hospital here as well. I never got airlifted. I had a very uncomfortable ride on a gurney in an ambulance twice. Why? Well, my GP was stunned when I told him that after the angiogram, my arteries showed that they were only 30% blocked. He said, 30%? People walk around with more than that all the time. My wife's roommate Who happens to be a um, bedridden uh, lady that's on um, dialysis about four times a week. And believe me, that's no fun at all. Uh, And I could detail the rest of her story, but her husband just today at noon got released after having two stents put in, and his were 70, 80, and 90% blocked. Well, it was due to the fact that I thought I would bulk up and eat a lot of protein, animal protein. Don't do that. Believe you me, do not do that. You will be in the hospital with tachycardia. That's exactly what happened to me. Your heart's going 400 beats a minute, and you can't stop it. Uh, I don't even want to go back into that again. So please beware of this type of pestilence. It's not just infectious disease. It's also chronic. So I want you to avoid that. Please learn by other people's experience and not your own. It's too expensive, too painful, too tragic. While I was riding in the ambulance, some gal thought it was cool or uh mistaken it's probably a a real mistake but she got in our lane was headed right at us head on and my ambulance driver sharply went off the road and back on again and didn't lose control but i was rocking around in that gurney strapped down every which way Uh, we could have easily been in a fatal crash thank god for his mercy and thank him for cueing me to become a vegan. I feel much healthier now than I was, but let me tell you something. It takes longer than a couple of weeks to get over this. I spent 66 years, or 64 years um, clogging up my arteries to that point, and it's not going to go away overnight no matter if you become a vegan or not. But it's not going to make you immortal. It's not going to make you into a spirit being that's going to last forever. But it will make your days on earth much better. Keep you out of the hospital. Keep you out of agony. Keep you out of surgery. Keep you out of chemo. Keep you from losing your hair and losing your mind. So, that's my prayer for you. Learn by other people's experience. Learn by my experience, if you would. And avoid meat, dairy, eggs, fish, and oil. Now, what was that? Well, you have five fingers. Meat its the big thumb. Dairy, the index finger. The middle finger, meat, dairy, eggs, fish, and oil. Don't use cooking oil. You do not need it. Now I bake my own bread and how do I do that without oil? So simple. It's crazy. I have a flat baking dish that I bought for 10 bucks at Walmart and I spray it down with ordinary drinking water. And then I wipe the edge around with a paper towel And I sprinkle a handful of wheat flour, whole wheat only. I don't buy refined white anything. I sprinkle that over it and I level it out and I shake off the excess back into my mixing bowl. I mix whole wheat, buckwheat, spices, um, some chopped up onion, whole rye. All of these are whole grains, by the way and a little bit of chia seeds to give it a little snap and crunch. I mix it all up with some water, just ordinary drinking water. And I take my ice cream scooper, which I do not use for ice cream. I don't buy ice cream, that's nasty. But I plop it down on the cookie sheet And I bake it at 350 for about 30 minutes. And it yields about 15 to 16 little buns that are absolutely out of this world delicious. How about your diet? Is yours a wow diet? I eat a smoothie with my oatmeal every morning. My oatmeal has chia seeds. It has uh, corn polenta. It has... Uh, steel-cut oats, and whatever else I decide to put in it. And I stir that up with water, and I put it in my crock pot. I bought for 10 bucks at Walmart, and I plug it in, turn that baby on low at night before I go to bed, and when I wake up, it is ready to eat, nice and hot, and it smells wonderful. And then I mix in my fresh... Or frozen strawberries and blueberries and then my smoothie consists of a handful of spinach three carrots and these are white carrots purple carrots and orange which I chop up in my ninja blender a little piece of fresh peach which I've cut and froze earlier one apple And about three slices to five slices of frozen bananas, which I chopped up in little pieces. All organic. Blend that up and it's so wonderful. Yes, it's green. Looks like baby poop. I don't care. It's beautiful to me. And I pour that all over my piping hot bowl or um, I put it on a plate really of the blueberries, strawberries, and the corn polenta cereal. And it is a wow breakfast. It is so good. you got to try that. Anyway, I don't want you to have to go through any more pestilence than you have to. It doesn't have to be infectious disease, as I said before. It can be chronic, and that is a plague right now that is on the United States. Well, I hope God turns the country back to himself through Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and his people. He seems to be doing a pretty good job, and I'm proud of him. They pray before they make decisions, and they do some pretty good work. Look at the economy, look at the uh, stock market, over 22,000. I remember when it passed tw- uh, 2000, and everybody thought it would never do that. Well, anyway, that's not the buy all end all, but he's not Jesus, he's going to make some mistakes, there's no doubt about it, but we can all pray for him and his family and that people would just settle down and stop trying to cause World War III, stop trying to cause another civil war in the United States. So that's my prayer. I just hope that things work out and that God turns the country back. Well, This is Albert Hardy saying thank you for tuning in. Go to my website, itellwhy.com. Study my books. Give me some feedback. My email address is there. It's jesusiswhy at gmail.com. Till next time, have a great life and a great day. Bye.